Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book study. My name is Monica T, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And today is Friday, the 29th day of May, 2015. And today we are reading from the Big Book. We are in the chapter Into Action. We are on page 85 and the last paragraph. And today's readers are. The 12 Steps, Amy E., 12 Traditions, Amy W., our text readers, Anita J., Alice M., and Charles H., and our newcomer greeter is Devorah S. Uh, The share ID for Thursday, yesterday, the 28th day of May, is 7673, 7673. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that... People who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Amy E. to read the 12 steps for us. Good morning, Monica. Good morning. Good Um, good morning, everybody. Amy E. in Ohio, abstinent, grateful, and recovered. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our lives. Step six, we're entirely ready to God and resolve these defects and characters. Step seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became Step nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Step ten, continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Step eleven, thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. Step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, Amy E. And I will now ask Amy W. to read the 12 Traditions. Good morning, Monica. Good morning, everyone. Amy W., Compulsive Overeater in California. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Number one, 
Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Nine, uh, I'm sorry, ten, uh, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Amy W. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the, on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone in order to have a quiet meeting. Everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. And today, we are resuming our study of the big book. We are in the chapter, Into Action. We are on page 85, and we will be, begin with the last paragraph on the bottom of page 85, where it says, Step 11. And Anita J., could you read for us, please? Thank you, Monica. Uh, this is Anita J., um, Recovered in Massachusetts. Step 11 suggests prayer and meditation. We shouldn't be shy on this matter of prayer. Better men than we are using it constantly. It works if we have the proper attitude and work at it. It would be easy to be vague about this matter. Yet we believe we can make some definite and valuable suggestions. And this, it, this book definitely can in this section, and I'm not going to jump to the next two pages, but 
keep talking about if you have the proper attitude and if you work at it. I mean, I came in thinking I knew all about this. I had been exposed to prayer and meditation, not so much meditation, but prayer is from the from a young, young girl. And um, truthfully, I became very disillusioned, I think in my late 20s, and I pulled my kids out of a church and had no use for, I didn't feel anything. And it's because I didn't know anything about proper use proper use, um, all it had to offer, what I wanted out of prayer and meditation was to have my will be done, my will. But this time around, because I've read this before, this time around it became so valuable to me that I had copied it and laminated it, what's coming up in this section, and given it to people that I really... Um, care about. And um, I found that, you know, in the 90s when I did this process, I can affirm that it's easy to let up on this because that's what I did. I still didn't know until this program that abstinence was a bridge. It's a very important bridge. You've got to have that bridge. But that's all it was. And that's all it is. And to keep that bridge solid and to keep going on, you need the proper way to do prayer and meditation. And we are so blessed how the people that were a year sober come up with this section. I do know why they came up with it, though, because they saw that it worked. And that's good enough for me. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Anita. And who would like to comment Charles on this H. paragraph? Charles. Who else Thank would like you. to comment? I Sally didn't hear Renata. Sally. Renata. And I think, was there somebody else besides Sally and Renata and Charles? Okay. Let's start with that. Charles H., you're up, and then Sally, and then Renata. Thank you kindly, Monica. Um, Charles H., a recovered visionary, calling from Yonkers, New York, this morning. Uh, thank TGIF, thank God, it's Friday. I'm off today, and... Uh, yeah, um, step 11, you know, let me gather my thoughts. You know, step 11, you know, to me, like a thought, a thought for me turns into an idea, which turns into an action, which turns into a habit, and which turns into my lifestyle. So step 11, prayer and meditation it changes my thoughts, it changes my ideas, it changes my, my, my actions, my habits, and it definitely changed my lifestyle. I need it like I need uh, air. I need it like I need air and water. Um, it, I, I constructly, you know, when I constructively review my day and, and be honest about the Fantastic Four, which I call resentment, uh, you know, fear, dishonesty, and then, you know, you know the rest and resentment. And um, you know, when I constructively do that on a daily basis, I'm really checking checking myself. And um, you know, I remember earlier in program, you know, and I went through the, uh, you know, you know, I was one of those that always said, yeah, I went through the steps. I went through all my, I seen them, and I said, yo, later. 
No, we don't go through the steps. We continue the steps on a daily basis. And, you know, and, and we go through the action too. Not just the motion, we go through the action. The action, this is the action step. You know, prayer and meditation. They, they say better men than us do it. You know, it, it, they're not just talking about religious men. Because can I tell you some religious people ain't spiritual? Can I tell you some religious people don't meditate? And I ain't trying to step on nobody's toes. I'm religious, but I'm spiritual too because I go through the action. I take the action. I don't just, you know, talk the talk. I, I try to walk the walk today. And I fall short. And when I fall short, this step gets me up. It, it, it gets me up. It gets me up. Um. So the better men than they're talking about, they're talking about, the, to me, in my my head, they're talking about the, the, the first hundred. They're talking about the recovered folks, you know, which which some of them may be religious, some of them may be atheists. Some better men than me that are atheists, they, they're recovered, and they're spiritual. So those are the better men that they're talking about, and I want to be like those better men and women. You know, I want to be like them every day. So I always say that, like, 10, 11, and 12, they say it's the maintenance step. You know, check. I gotta check myself every single day. I gotta check my motives. I gotta, you know, was I selfish? Was I resentful? You know, um, these thoughts, these thoughts that I have, they materialize if I work for them. They also materialize if I don't work for them. So, you know, when I when I retire at night and I retired late, early last night, but I got up before the morning. I said, you know what? I gotta answer these questions every single day, and I suggest this strongly to my sponsees. So. You know, if I'm suggesting it to them, I need to hold myself accountable. And on Friday morning, do I want to be on vision for you instead of playing basketball? No. Do I need to be on vision for you instead of playing basketball? Yes, because guess what? My thought tells me that I can outrun the fork. Hello, somebody. I know I can't. So I put that ball down, pick the phone up, and I'm trying to recover one day at a time. With that, I pass. Thanks for allowing me to have a voice. Thank you, Charles. Sally, you're up, and then it'll be Renata. Good morning, Monica. Good morning, efficient for you. This is Sally A. in South Jersey, a recovered compulsive overeater. And so here we are at step 11, suggest prayer and meditation. I love the way they use the word suggest. And this is very important, this, this particular step for all of us. I like the way the 12 and 12 puts this on page 109, has a very important statement about step 11, it's found in step 12, um, but it is pertains to step 11. On the top of page 109 in the 12 and 12, it says, the persistent use of meditation and prayer we found did open the channel so that where there had been a trickle, there now was a river which led to sure power and safe guidance from God as we were increasingly better able to understand him. And this has been my experience. It started in step three for me when I started writing those God letters and I started talking to God because I was mad at God for 10 years. The 10 years that I gained over 100 pounds, I wasn't talking to God. I wasn't praying. I wasn't meditating. I was instead embroiled in isolation and in a relationship with food and having a constant conversation with food in my mind. And this is the beauty of step 11 and prayer meditation, is that I believe that it's an important part of breaking the back of the isolation. Yes, it's a very very important part of the breaking of the back of isolation is to get on the phone and call your fellows 
but it's this idea of getting out of your head, getting out of your thinking. And how do we do that? It's by putting our thinking somewhere else and by prayer and meditation. And, you know, you might think that this prayer and meditation, what they're talking about, is just in the morning or just in the night. But it's not. It's just all day. It's just every time I walk through a door, underneath a door frame, even getting in my car, because that's my car door, I am reminded again and again and again throughout my day that I'm going to pause, practice the pause that we're going to see on the bottom of 87, and I'm going to lift my thoughts, my thinking. What was my sick thinking, I'm going to lift to God. Every time I pick up the phone, whether it's to make the phone call or to receive the phone call, I'm going to practice the pause, lift my thoughts to God, because I'm now again opening myself to a relationship on the phone, and I'm going to bring my thoughts to God and ask God, to direct the conversation. And so this is how I practice the prayer and the meditation and break the back of isolation and me alone with me in my sick thinking. And finally, when we talk about this trickle on top of page 109, it reminds me of this conduit, this round big pipe that goes under a highway that easily is, is filled up with leaves and twigs and cans and garbage and maybe even an old refrigerator, maybe an old door, an old screen. You've probably seen a conduit that's been covered, that's been filled with junk. And what we're doing when we practice, thank you, Monica, what we're doing when we practice this principle of meditation and prayer is we're cleaning out the conduit between us and God so that instead of a trickle, we can have a flow of conversation with our higher power. Thanks for letting me share with that iPad. Thank you, Sally. Renata, you're up. Hi, Monica. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. This is Renata G., Recovered Composed for Beira in New York. Uh, step 11 suggests prayer meditation. Um, you know, and I, I, I know for myself, I follow the suggestions from this big book. You know, because it's the only thing that ever worked for me and it has saved my life. So I I really do what the book says. And, um, you know, it says here, it works if I have the right attitude. You know, if I have the proper attitude and work at it. So, because I know for me in the past, I used to, to beg God for things, you know, that I wanted. And... Um, here, what I understand is that I'm not going to treat uh, God like my errand boy anymore. You know, uh, I have to to ask for God's will for me today. That's the proper attitude that I need, you know, to seek God's will for my life and not my will. Because, you know, my will, my thinking, all it did for me was, you know, as far as it got, it was to bring me into the rooms of a way, you know, broken, defeated, was full of guilt and shame, 80 pounds overweight, incapable of loving relationships. You know, that's what living my life on self-will turned into. That's, you know, the best that I could get out of it. And, um, you know, maybe if I, if I pray in the morning for my higher powers will, you know, if I pray throughout the day before I, I need to take action, you know, when I when I when I don't know what to do, if I ask for direction, 
then God will inspire my thinking, you know, and then from there I can take um, actions that are based on God's will for me and not my self-will that always gets me in trouble. And, uh, you know, there's something that I've I've heard before and I've shared on the line before, but it, it made a lot of sense to me and I like repeating it, is that, you know, when I take action without prayer, I'm acting in self-will. And when I pray and don't take any action, I'm just begging God. So, you know, it's a, it's a combination of things. I need to be humble enough to say, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to run my life and ask God for his will for me and the power to carry it out. And then follow that with action, whatever that is that I have to do. Even when it's not what I wanted it to be. And the more I practice it, the more I can discern what's God's will for me and what's not. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Renata. And this is Monica, and I'm going to jump in here. I am a recovered compulsive overeater here today. Um, Step 11, suggest prayer and meditation. Uh, I love how they use the word suggest because, you know what, Monica is a hard-headed compulsive overeater, and she don't want to be told how to be doing anything. So what is prayer and what is meditation? Prayer is talking to God, and meditation is listening. And Monica is another yak, 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 and God's always having to tell me, Monica, will you shut up and listen? And it's taken me a long time. And my my experience has been that um, this does work. It does work. And I noticed way in the beginning, you know, I started out in the morning with, you know, opening up my eyes. Hi, God. Good morning. You know, and that was about it. And then um, one day I, I uh, got out of bed and got on my knees. And you know what? My day went better. And I heard it tell that when I get down on my knees, I'm not getting God's attention. I'm getting my attention. And it's so true. But I noticed that my days were so much better when I started my day like that. And, and it's the process, just like everything else in this program. It's a process, it's a process. And going back to the word suggest, you know, step 11 suggests prayer and meditation. Well, you know what? It's suggested you have a parachute on if you're going to jump out of an airplane. But this is, they know not to tell us to do this. And with the meditation, I fought that for years. You know, I'm a hard-headed, compulsive overeater, and I want to do things my own way. But finally, about a year ago, Someone said, you know what, Monica, just start with one minute, one minute of just listening. And I thought, well, you know what, I can do that. Wow. All I can say is, wow, 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 how things have changed and uh, getting that contact with my higher power since I started with that one minute a day. And uh, it's just amazing how this program uh, is a process and how God will reveal more to you. And with that, I'm going to pass. And who else would like to comment on this paragraph? Larry. Pauline. Larry. Paula. Kim. Okay, I heard a- Amy, Larry, Paula, Kim. I heard somebody else, and then I heard Janice. Vasa O? No, wasn't Vasa, but I'm adding you to the list. Okay, thank you. Okay, we'll go with that. Amy. Larry, Paula, Kim, Janice, and Vasa. Amy, you're up. Thanks, Monica. Amy E. in Ohio, abstinent, grateful, and recovered. Much has already been said 
about receiving strength, inspiration, and direction from him who has all knowledge and power. Well, I was looking at that. Much has already been said. Okay, well, what has the big book said so far about getting strength, inspiration, and direction from God? Uh, and it starts with um, how it works, page 63 at step three with the third step prayer. Many of us said to our maker as we understood him, God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. And then it goes on, page 67. We're at um, the, the resentment prayer. When a person offended, we said to ourselves, this is a sick man, how can I be helpful to him? God, save me from being angry. Thy will be done. And then on page 68, um, as we are in the midst of our fourth step in reviewing our fears, we ask him to remove our fear and direct our attention to what we would, he would have us be. At once, we commence to outgrow fear. We're in the midst of our sex inventory on page 69. We asked God to mold our ideals and help us to live up to them. And then further down on that page, in meditation, we ask God what we should do about each specific matter. The right answer will come if we want it. And then on page 70, to sum up about sex, <laughs> got to keep summing up about sex. It's uh, an issue for many of us. We earnestly pray for the right ideal, for guidance in each questionable situation, for sanity, and for the strength to do the right thing. Uh, and then moving on to page 76, where we are in the seventh step. And we're, we've finished our fourth and fifth, and we have a list of all of our character defects and a list of our fears, and we have that sexual ideal that we're asking him to help us mold, uh, shape ourselves into. Can he, now take, uh, can he now take all of our character defects? Can he now take them all, every one? If we still cling to something we will not let go, we ask God to help us be willing. The seventh step prayer. My creator, I am now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. Amen. We have then completed step seven. And then on page 80, we are asking again for God's help um, at the top. If we have obtained permission, this is in making amends, have consulted with others, asked God to help, and the drastic step is indicated we must not shrink. So yeah, already a lot has been mentioned of guidance that we are to get as we work these steps. And step 11, um, I feel, is a deepening of that relationship through devotion, through an act of de devotion. And there's nothing more devoted, um, there's no clearer sign of devotion to me than, than listening, than being present, which is the you know, form, thank you, formal sitting down for meditation, and then to listen to God's guidance in our life. Thank you so much for allowing me to share, I pass. Thank you, Amy. And Larry Kay, you're up. And then Paula. Monica, thanks so much. Uh, Larry Kay, recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. So I, I, I'm not shy on prayer today. Um, I used to be very shy uh, uh, on prayer. 
you know, each day is an opportunity for me to, to, to cultivate a heightened spiritual awareness by connecting with my higher power through prayer. And, you know, every moment of every day I can aspire, you know, to connect with the, the divine or the sacred. And, you know, it's, it, it tells us better men and women than me are tapping into this resource. And, and here's something that you may find in the practice of prayer and meditation that, that I found over time. You know, anyone who practices prayer and meditation sincerely, what, whether, you know, they want what it has to offer or not, um, they're going to discover more deeply other dimensions of their being, of who they are. You know, prayer is for anyone. It's not reserved for, for the special, for the chosen few. You know, it's for anyone. And truth be told, you know, none of us got to the rooms of OA on a winning streak. You know, most of us, probably like me, got here emotionally battered, physically fat, uh, with a sense of hopelessness, perhaps depressed, anxious. You know, why do I pray today? Well, here's some reasons. It, it helps me to be more forgiving, more tolerant, less judgmental of others. You know, it, it increases, prayer increases my trust. You know, when I, when I pray, for example, together with my girlfriend, it brings us closer together. It builds unity. It was, yeah, it's, it's, it's awkward at first, you know, because it's a prayer. That's just for me in my own mind. But see, prayer, um, what I have found is the more I practice it, the easier it, it, it becomes for me, more ingrained. Prayer, it, it reduces my stress. You know, when I think and pray for the welfare of others, getting out of myself, you know what happens? My stress is diminished because me thinking that equals stress for me. And, um, you know, it, it, it's interesting. Here's something I, I, I found interesting, too, that, you know, I, I couldn't prove to you in any specific sense or any scientific sense that God exists. I mean, after all, the knowledge of God or of your higher power takes place in the privacy of your own mind. And yet others would be able to see the consequences of my belief and reliance on a power greater than myself. You know, the changes in my life. That, that's there for anyone to see. And I've been taken from the scrap heap to a life better than I could have imagined. So um, if I'm a sap, if I'm a sucker for this prayer thing, I'll take it. I'm treating you better. I'm treating myself better. I uh, thank God for Alcoholics Anonymous. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. And Paula, you're up, and then it'll be Kim. And thank you, Monica, on this beautiful Friday morning. Nice to hear your voice and do and you continuing to do service. And that again, I say thank you. My name is Paula D. Uh, am I being heard? It's very echo. It's yes, you are. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, then okay. Then keep all the thanks. They're still there. <laughs> this would be Paula D. I am a compulsive overeater, and today recovered by and with the grace of God. I'd like to camp out on a couple of words here that I really like sticking with. You might want to join me. This is why I'm here. It works. It works. That's the part. I've done it. I've tried it. It works. And I will go on from there. If we have the proper attitude and work at it. Ooh. So here we have another definite work at it. It's not easy. It says to be shy. We know shy is another another part of my ego. 
oh, I'm shy. I can't do that. Yep, another part of my ego. Timid. So what does it say? We shouldn't be. Not on this matter. Not on prayer. This is a life-changing thing. And you know, I want to go back just to a moment, for a moment to the 11-step prayer. The, not the 11-step prayer. I'm sorry. The 11-step itself. Sought every single day, every moment. Sought. Seek through prayer and meditation to improve. Always improving our conscious. What's conscious mean? Aware. Mentally alert. Now, I love this one for an opposite. Not comatose. I would do it so rote. Get on your knees, say your prayers. No. As you said, be ready to listen. Be ready to listen. What am I asking for? Sometimes, all of a sudden, that stops you right in my track. Because then it tells you here, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Huge. And then it said, it would be easy to be vague about this matter. Oh, it sure would. Oh, just do this. Oh, yeah. No. You want it to work? And you better have the proper attitude. And you better work at it. Yet we believe we can make some definite and value suggestions, and that's the turnaround. I listen to suggestions. When I'm in prayer, there's valuable suggestions are offered. And in the big book, more follow. Yeah. Constantly improving. My life is constantly changing. My age is different than it was. Only yesterday. Circumstances continue to change. I do the same thing. You know why? It works. It works. Wow. Boy, you talk about a promise and a gift in two words. Yeah. There they are. I will be mindful of the time and that I am. And with that, I do pass. And I thank you for the opportunity to speak. Thank you, Paula D. And Kim, you're up, and then it'll be Janice. Good morning, Monica. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. It works if we have the proper attitude and work at it. So once again, this is about action, action, action. You know, that proper attitude, to me, that reinforces my third-step decision. You know, what is that proper attitude? That God is the employer, I am the employee, God is the father, I am the child. You know, I remember one of the speakers on a Sunday made this beautiful analogy between the serenity prayer and the steps, and it so has stayed with me. You know, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, which is steps one to three, the courage to change the things I can, which is four through nine, and the wisdom to know the difference, which is 10, 11, and 12. I've, I've entered the world of the Spirit. I now have been unblocked from this power. I can now differentiate the truth from the false. I've been restored to sanity. I used to pray that prayer and think, well, how the heck am I ever going to have the wisdom? And what this, is, what this process has done, this process has gotten me reunited with a power that can help me determine the truth from the false, that can help me understand what, what God's will is, what that will of my higher self is. So this is, this is that proper attitude walking into that. And the thing that really excites me about step 11 and this 10 through 11 process is, is looking at my old ideas. You know, this idea of meditation. You know, I thought I would have to sit in a room listening to monks chanting, you know, contorted into some yoga pose. But meditation is simply getting quiet. You know, how can I have a conversation and a relationship with that power greater than myself? 
you know, I used to think step 10 was at night I would review what a jerk I was all day and ask forgiveness. And what I find now is that, that first of all, that description of the nightly review is step 11. So I have to challenge those old ideas. So this is the way that I personally think about this. Is in 4 through 9, we've had the luxury of looking back at the last 30 to 40 years. We've been able to practice this skill set to get unblocked from the power. In step 10, the jerk's right in front of us. We are, we are disturbed, and we have this skill set now that we can apply to become undisturbed. And then in step 11, we're able to look at the, our life in 24-hour chunks where we're getting a nightly review, where we take 4 through 9 and look at our day, and the big one for me is corrective measures. God, how can I change tomorrow? In the morning, I do the same thing, 4 through 9, almost on a proactive basis the way I look at it. I already know now. What is my problem? My problem is selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, fear. And I'm asking God to be divorced, to separate from those things. And then I'm also instructed to pause throughout the day. So I never knew that step 11 had three parts. I thought for me it was like me making prayers to Santa Claus and hoping that God would do what I wanted if I was a good little girl. What a beautiful process this is. And I'm going to end with this on page 28. As we're learning about the solution, it says, what seemed at first to be a flimsy reed has proved to be the loving and powerful hand of God. So step two is the flimsy reed. We've done the work of three through ten. And step 11, our hand has been put in the loving and powerful hand of our higher power. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Janice, you're up. And then it'll be Vasa. Did you call Janice or Vasa? I'm sorry. I called Janice. I called you. You're oh, up. okay. Thank you. Oh, I was going to pass, but let me just say thank you. Uh, good morning to you, um, Monica and everyone. My name is Janice M, and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Okay. Um, of course, we know that there is no right way to pray. You know, there's no right way to pray, and prayer is not even a requirement, you know, for the program. Um, however, however, it is suggested, and I think Monica did a good job on that one. It is suggested because we will change. We will change because now we have a power greater than ourselves. Now, you know, prayer is, you know, we've often heard that prayer is the way we talk with God. But, you know, it's, if I want a relationship with anyone, I, I will talk. I, I'm not going to do a monologue. I'm going to expect some some two-way street conversation so it says prayer and meditation and of course i used to always just pray and i would just ask god not ask him i would tell him you know what i wanted i wanted him to you know to do my bidding like uh changing my life with another person or whatever it is i never really listened i never really waited for his answer you know, and that's why I stopped praying because, you know, I didn't get the answers that I wanted. So what this is telling me is that, um, you know, t- to have a relationship with my higher power, there has to be some conversation and listening. There has to be a two-way street. Um, and the two-way street is prayer and meditation. And I think we heard about the prayers that are suggested that we've already used or just know about um, in the 12 steps. Now, what about meditation? Well, you know, I used to think, oh, I can't sit for two minutes. And, um, 
You know, it's suggested on page 13 to sit quietly when in doubt. Just, just sit and ask only for direction and strength to meet my problems. See, I never asked him what, what, what I should do. And that's the second part of, of our 11th step is to ask for his power, <laughs> you know, his power. But, but I, I was so selfish that I needed to know what I wanted. And then on page 57, he's come to all who have honestly sought him. When we drew near to him, he disclosed himself to us. What a wonderful thing. And then on 69, in meditation, we ask God what we should do about a specific matter. Imagine asking him. That's what prayer is, not telling them, like I used to do. The right answer will come if we want it, and it takes practice. And then we ask God for inspiration and an intuitive thought of decision. It's all about God and his power and the power to carry it out. You just wait. It just, and, you know, it becomes a habit, you know. It's to know God. The whole thing is to know your higher, my higher power more, whom I call God, and know what his will is for me, you know, and, it, and to trust him. And it, and it grows, and it grows, and it grows, and I don't miss a day without doing it um, because I don't miss eating. I don't, make, I don't miss any meals. Okay, and thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Janice. And Vasa, you're up, and then we're going to move on. Yes, thank you, Monica. Good morning, everyone. And thank you, Monica, for your service. And I'm Vasa Ulrich, oh, a compulsive obedient, calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. I love step um, 11. Well, my favorite steps are 3 and 11. And my life did not start changing till I surrendered. So my first sincere prayer started when I humbled myself on my knees and surrendered to God with the food addiction. That was the beginning of me developing a relationship with God, and it hasn't stopped. I get on my knees every morning and every night, and if I need to get on my knees, I do it during the day too. And that has really, really worked for me. I needed to humble myself, and I still do. And uh, um, that transformation for me has been done uh, from God and working the 12 steps that they laid out. I do the third step every morning. I God, I offer myself today to build me with, you know, and again, and I, I, the, I have the 12 step, 12 step prayers right here, and I use them as I need them, you know, as we go through the steps. Uh, uh, step 11 suggests prayer and meditation. I took suggestions. I didn't want to die. I remember saying, I will do whatever it takes not to go back into the food. And I did shy at the beginning, you know. When I surrendered, I ran in the bathroom and locked the door. I didn't want my husband to see me or my kids, that I'm on my knees and praying to God. <clears throat> Excuse me. But gradually... You know, the the shame, the embarrassment was disappearing, you know. I would go in the in the bedroom, you know, and with the door closed. If my husband walked in, I stayed on my knees. Or if my kids walked in, I stayed on my knees. And now I can pray, you know, I, my husband and I could be going somewhere. And if I didn't get on my knees, we used to have a van at the beginning. 
And I say, oh, I'm going to go in the back of the van and say my prayer, you know. And now I say my prayer. If I forget, which that doesn't happen that often, I can say them when I'm walking, you know. But prayer is really um, talking to God, and meditation is listening to God. And it, for me, it has become a way of life, you know. I can talk to God, you know, when I go for my walks. I can talk to God when I do my dishes. I can pray also. I don't have to just get on my knees in the morning and at night. I can pray to God and listen to God during the day and have that contact um, conscious with God. And I'm just so grateful. Thank you for letting me share and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. And let's move on to the next paragraph. And Alice M., would you read for us, please? Good morning. This is Alice, a compulsive overeater, recovered compulsive overeater and bulimic from Florida. When we retire at night, we constructively review our day. Were we resentful, selfish, dishonest, or afraid? Do we owe an apology? Have we kept something to ourselves which should be discussed with another person at once? Were we kind and loving toward all? What could we have done better? Were we thinking of ourselves most of the time? Or were we thinking of what we could do for others? of what we could pack into the stream of life. But we must be careful not to drift into worry, remorse, or morbid reflection, for that would diminish our usefulness to others. After making our review, we ask God's forgiveness and inquire what corrective measures should be taken. And I love this step, um, and I do it every night. Um, It's formal for me. It's structured. I have a a list. I just go through all the questions there. And a lot of people have a, a template. Those things are written out. Resentful, they fill it in. Selfish, they fill it in. Um, and this is what I read to my sponsor every morning on our our 15-minute call every morning, uh, which I am so grateful for. And I thought, well, what better way to share my experience with you than to just read um, my 11th step from last night. And also, one thing that was confusing to me was that in traditional OA, a lot of people call this their 10th step. And that's what my sponsor calls it. So I just, you know, say this is my 10th step to her. Okay, was I, and this is done at the end of the day, um, was I resentful? Yes, and I'm going to put fake names in here. Um, to eight-year-old Josh for complaining about asking me to complaining about me asking him to put stickers on a container for his party. I resented his attitude. Where was I selfish? I want Josh to want to help me do things just because it's the considerate thing to do. What was my dishonesty in that? The lie I tell myself was that Josh should always be kind and thoughtful, and when he isn't, he is being a spoiled brat when he is really just being an eight-year-old. Afraid, and this goes into something else that I was fearful of, um, the thought of being dishonest around my employer's bags of donated clothes she gave me. So she gave me a bunch of five huge garbage bags full of clothes to donate to a charity. Um, and I and she said I could look through them and take some things out that I wanted. So there were a lot of really expensive clothes with still tags on them and my thought was that I could take these to a consignment shop and make so much money for myself. Um, so that was my, I was afraid, I was afraid of that thought being very strong, an obsession with me. Um, and then it says, was there an apology owed? Yes. Um, to Josh for calling him lazy, calling an eight-year-old lazy. Was there something I could have done differently? I could have paused before responding to Josh's whininess instead of reacting immediately with a hurtful comment. Um, and then is there something I'm keeping to myself and need to be discussed with another? Yes, my obsession around this um, dishonesty with consignment shop thing that's floating around in my head today. So 
that after I read this to my sponsor, my my 11th step, she then gives me feedback and she said, well, I want you to talk to your hookups today about about the thinking around the clothing, you know, because you're obsessing about that. So that was helpful to me. Um, and then I go on and list the service and um, the worry and remorse I had of my um, – and then I end with, you know, was I – did I drift into self-pity? Um, and I put no, but I do feel myself pressuring myself, probably an expectation from me to rescue other other bulimics and get them to surrender. Um, and and then I have on mine too, was I 100% on my how format, just so format OA I work, and I wrote yes. And did I meditate? Yes, I did. So I'm responsible for both. That's on my, my 11th step. And I do that, and I get feedback from her on different things. And I just... You know, I feel like I've cleaned up my, not clean, just cleaned up my day, but have gotten constructive feedback on, on certain things there um, by being revealing. And so today I do. I have two things I need to do, and I go to work in 10 minutes. I'm going to make an apology to an 8-year-old, and I am going to talk to my network today about this clothing um, that is just making me obsessed. So there you go. There's my um, 11th step in a nutshell. I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Allison. And who would like to comment on this paper? Penny C. Penny. Ronnie. Ronnie. Okay, Penny C. and Ronnie. Penny, you're up. Penny C. Star one to unmute. I used to laugh when other people said they. Could they'd... you tell me what page we're on? We're on page 86, first paragraph. Thanks very much. Okay, it's Penny C. Am I all right now? Yes, you are, Penny. Thank you, thank you. I was talking away like I heard other people doing. Um, my name is Penny C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in the Boston area. And um, this this whole thing of doing this nightly review, uh, you know, I, I, I was in OA and, and done, had worked through the steps and never really paid much attention to this doing it at night because, as already as has already been said, in the rooms, I, I would always hear that, you know, this was step 10. Nobody really talked about it. It's a nightly review. And once I started doing this and and was aware of all of the character defects that I review at night, resentful, dishonest, selfish, afraid, and then some of the questions, what could I have done better? Was I kind and loving toward everybody? What this does is make me so aware all through the day of what I have to review at night. So, for instance, I'm in the supermarket, and I see someone ahead of me who has a very full basket and is reaching to to try to unload the what is the part of the basket that's closest to me and and I say you know may I help you or I just go ahead and start helping and 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 you know when I I remember to be to be smiling and and wishing people a good day and um and and Every time I'm, att- I'm tempted to be dishonest in any way, I say, you know, 
you're going to be, you're going to, you're going to, you know, talk to God tonight about what you've done during the day. And it, it sets me on the right path for my entire day. This was something that was all um, surprising to me, how doing the review at night changed my day the next day. And um, it's, it's, it's a wonderful way to live. And, you know, I'm not always, I'm not always aware of this. And sometimes I, a little character defect, you know, slips in. And, and I even, I have to admit, sometimes I allow myself to enjoy a character defect just for a little while. But knowing I'm going to do this review, I quickly, most of the time, give it to God and go on with my day. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Penny C. And Ronnie, you're up. Uh, hi, thank you. This is Ronnie P. in Pennsylvania. Um, you know, I love the phrase morbid reflection. <clears throat> and um, I think about how often, you know, I can get into morbid reflection. And what's twisted about it is that it feels like rigorous honesty to me. When I morbidly reflect, it has a feeling of correctness. And so I can come to a conclusion, maybe I've, you know, I've, I've done something wrong. I've asked someone for forgiveness. Things feel okay again, but then I don't want to let it go. Like I will then sort of say, yeah, but that was just so wrong of me to do it. Or if someone did it wrong to me, I'm saying, yeah, but that was so wrong of them. It's this hanging on. And um, I, I love the word morbid reflection. And the thing is when I stay there that I'm not in the present moment. Um, you know, none of us are perfect. And I'd love to get rid of that word because I think there's sometimes in – recovery, I hear people say, well, I had a good day. I wasn't perfect, but I wasn't perfect, but, and it's like, we got to let that go. We're human. We're never going to be perfect. And, and even using that word just sets my teeth on edge. I, I mean, even when I do it myself, because that's about, to me, that's about being in morbid reflection. That's about saying, yeah, but, yeah, but. And when we do that, we're sort of denying the miracle. We really deny the miracle that happens with change when we are able to, you know, get a handle on um, where our character defect roared, roared up to life and what we did about it. To have awareness of it is the whole game. To have awareness is the whole game because then we can do something about it. And we have a whole program about what to do about it. But morbid reflection keeps us in denial or, or it makes us doubt that a miracle has just happened. We had an awareness. That means that now we can do something about it, and that is where the miracle of this program happens. We're always going to be human. Stuff is always going to come up. The difference is that we've got a way out, and that is an absolute miracle. So when we say, yeah, but, well, but, that's denying the miracle, and that, is, that to me is morbid reflection, and it's, it's the old way. It's the old way of being, and I've got no interest in being in the old way. I go there, and then... Thank God it can, you know, I hand it over and I, and I get back to center again. Um, so that's it, and I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Ronnie. And we have come to the end of our time here today so quickly once again. Thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Charles H., can you read for us, please, from a vision for you? 
Absolutely, Monica. Let me uh let me get let me get it out. Let me get it out. Give me one second. Okay. Mhm. All right. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the records of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Thank you, Charles. I will ask everyone to press star 1 to unmute so 